0: Soto has ridiculously good numbers against Zach Eflin. He's 10 for 22 with two doubles and a homer.
1: Eflin sets and deals. Swing and a high drive. Right field. Castellanos back. Forget about it. It is gone. Into the second deck. Number 14 for Soto makes it 4-0. And with first base open, they pitch to Soto, and they pay the price. It's a tremendous move by Davey Martinez. We can-
2: Good morning, Las Vegas. How's everybody doing? We are here for a week of Sportsbook Radio and Vegas Hockey Hotline. I've got Chris Johnson across the way from me pushing all the right buttons. I'm Steve Karp. I will be at the helm for this week as Dana Lane is on vacation. And I hope Dana has a good time and gets his batteries recharged. Fun show today. Especially if you've uh, lived in Las Vegas any length of time. Um, Arnie Spanier, host of Fox Sports Radio, will join us shortly. And then at the bottom of the hour, we will have Ron Kantowski, the longtime newspaper sports writer, columnist from the uh, Review Journal. He and I have been uh, longtime friends. We'll talk about the A's situation and and just maybe where things are going with... uh, Sports in the city, and then on Vegas Hockey Hotline, we will be joined by Terry Fry of Colorado Hockey. Now he is in Tampa for Game Three, and we shall see if the Lightning can get off the mat and make a series of the thing. Because I'll tell you what, Chris, what I saw Saturday stunned me. I thought I expected a much much better effort from the Lightning than what we saw at Ball Arena and the Avalanche. I mean, literally was a, an avalanche of goals, and uh,
3: they, they're, in, they're in great shape here to hoist the cup. Oh, yeah. I mean, you just watched, like, watching that game kind of made me go, this is, this is what's going to end up happening the rest of the series, isn't it? We're just going to see the avalanche dominate Tampa Bay, and that's not what we all expect. We all expect it's going to be a close series. I think it might be done in five, to be honest.
2: Well, tonight we'll tell the tale. Because if uh, the Lightning can't find a way to get back in this series, you're right. It would probably end sooner than later. Hope everyone had a great Father's Day yesterday. Uh, I know, Chris, you, you spent some quality time with your dad.
3: Yep, How'd yep, that yep. go? It went pretty good. Uh, got to hang out with him a lot. We got to go watch Jurassic World on Saturday to kind of help spend a little bit of time for uh, Father's Day uh, on Sunday. And then we also hung out on Sunday a lot and kind of just had some dinner together. Uh, just kind of talked about just in general just life and kind of like looked at like watched some sports and stuff and that's basically it
2: as you get older do you appreciate having your dad around more so even than when you were a little kid and you wanted him to play catch with you or help you with a science project for
3: school oh yeah i mean it's 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 a lot it's i have a lot more um i feel like i have a lot more respect and uh like we i think we both have a lot more respect for each other now that i'm older and stuff because now we can understand each other's lives and i can I can also be like, hey, he put in he put his all in when I was a kid. So, yeah. I can't I got to I got to give him full respect for that. He's done everything he needed to do as a father and he's he's still doing his thing. So, I love him to death and I you know, I want to make sure he always knows that.
2: That's great. That's great. How about the weather yesterday? The weather? Spectacular. Was
3: amazing. It was amazing.
2: Most 60s in the morning, upper 80s during the afternoon. If you were out playing golf or watching golf, how about that? How about the the U.S. Open yesterday. We did have some drama How late in drama. the in the tournament there. You know, Matt Fitzpatrick held off uh, Will Zalatoris and and won the uh, U.S. Open over at the Country Club in Brookline. It was uh, it was good stuff. I mean, if you're NBC, all you're asking for is some sort of competitiveness down the stretch to keep people glued to the TV, and we got that yesterday and. Uh, you know the the tournament basically swung two shots there at, at uh, what was it at 16 I think it was um, so good for him and I felt bad for Zalatoris who I kind of thought had a great shot going in to win this thing I knew Rory McElroy wasn't going to go back to back and he didn't but he played okay at times good enough to win but not good enough over the. Seventy-two holes to prevail. Did you watch any golf yesterday with your dad, or not really? Uh,
3: I, I didn't really have a chance to fully. I know. Um, I heard about Fitzpatrick. I heard he, here's a few. Um, I heard there's a few things with him where it's like it was like the first of, type like different like um uh, like I think it was like he like won, like amateur and he also won that it's like one of the first that's ever done that. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure I saw that and I was like oh, it's it's, it's nice to see it's nice to see new names kind of come up in the into sports in general. Oh yeah. I, I don't like the whole. Constant of you just see the one guy constantly just dominating. You're like, all right, I'm like done Tiger used to like do. Tiger, he, he, it was special to watch him, but it's also a little frustrating to be like, oh, I know who's gonna win this this chant, this uh, this tour right now because it's Tiger Woods. No one's beating him. Right. But like when I get to see a new guy, like I never knew who uh, Fitzpatrick was until this weekend, and yeah. then I was like, oh, this guy's amazing. He's playing good. He won the U.S. Open. He walked out with the win. That's great. I love to see new faces. I want to see him hopefully continue to do well. In the league, and I hope I get to see um, you know a few new guys kind of open up.
2: Well, you will, especially uh, now that you know seventeen guys decided to play in the live tournament uh, tour, and you know Phil Mickelson, 11 over missed the cut Friday, very quietly exited uh, the country club and got on with his life. And uh, whether you like him or not, whether you believe this live tour has any legs. Going forward, um, in the end, it was all about the guys, these young guys who uh, are the future of the PGA Tour. So that was good. Um, baseball, interesting weekend. Very and, interesting uh, weekend. And the, the Blue Jays came from 8-3 down to beat the Yankees 10-9. Uh, the Cubs finally won a couple games.
3: Can't believe that. the Braves that. finally
2: <laughs> lost a couple. Of course, they were playing each other. And, uh, and you know, overall... It was kind of a perfect Father's Day weekend if you like sports. Hey,
3: you know what? There was a cool story that came out of yesterday from Father's Day where it was the Nationals and Phillies. Yes, the Soto home run. Soto home run to the guy who's never caught a home ball, a home run he, ball in his life. He picked the
2: seats there. Picked because... the seats
3: there because his son said that's where are going to catch a home run ball. And he and, didn't. And he did. <laughs> and that is that is one of the greatest stories I've ever heard yeah. from a fan. So that's, I love seeing that. love seeing a dad win on Father's Day.
2: Yeah, I mean... It wasn't a Field of Dreams moment where, you know, he played catch with his kid, but now they have a a Major League Baseball home run ball to play catch with if they so desire.
3: By Juan Soto, too, one of the best hitters in the league, so that's even better.
2: Yeah, very cool. So, let's get the week going here. This guy has been around, boy, a long time. He's been all over the country talking sports, and I remember when he was here way back in the early 90s when the sports radio network started up and he was one of the hosts. Arnie Spanier of Fox Sports Radio. You can hear him here in Vegas and uh, all over the country, actually. Arnie, it's Steve Karp.
4: Good to talk to you. It's been a while. How are you? Good. I was just out there in Vegas yesterday. I was Thursday through uh, Sunday, left yesterday. Was was meeting up with some old fraternity brothers from the University of Arizona, so Mm -hmm. we had a blast out there. It It was a great time. We're betting everything, and all the games. I had the over in the hockey game, six. Got lucky there. Who would have thought you'd get the over in a shit-up, but it was a great time out there.
2: Well, what do you make of this uh, series? I mean, are you are you surprised at how Colorado was dominating? Absolutely.
4: I thought it was going to be all Tampa, especially the way Tampa, you know, um, came from behind and took care of the Rangers. The Rangers were a lot tougher than people were giving them credit for. So. I I certainly, you know, thought Tampa was going to come in and be prepared. I I figured maybe they were going to be a little bit tired, but um, it it worked that way. And I, you know, I was telling the guys, I go, we got to bet the over um, because, uh, you know, the Colorado goaltender, he's weak. You know, he'll give up some weak goals. (laughs) Tampa can score. This is going to be like a, you know, 6-2 game or something like that. Well, there was seven goals, but I didn't think it was going to be a 7-0 shutout on the average, and they did everything. They scored early, often, 3-0 lead. You knew it was over when it was 3-0 at the end of the first. They were just bombarding them. I think the Lightning had like six shots after the first period. It was it was just miserable. I haven't seen them play that bad in a long time.
2: Yeah. You know, when, when you started out here at the Sports Entertainment Network in Vegas many, many, many moons ago... Did you ever, in your wildest imagination, believe that this city would have an NFL team, an NHL team, maybe getting an NBA and maybe getting Major League Baseball? I mean no you remember no. those days when it was just you and LV and they were going through some rough times after Tarkanian left
4: Yeah, you know that was, I mean so long ago that wasn't even in the, you know in the crosshairs of getting a professional franchise. I mean, back then, we are just hoping that you could bet on UNLV games or Nevada games, you know? Yeah. It was just amazing from what it's gone back. And, you know, my time there was short. I only lived there like a year or so because of, you know, the network. Once right. it got up and running, um, it got sold. And I think, you know, we took jobs and we were up and running and going all over the place. But, no, I never thought it would turn into what it has become today. And now we're just missing NBA out there. in Vegas and pretty much done.
2: Do you, do you believe the NBA is coming to Vegas? Are you pretty positive about that, or do yeah, you think the jury's LeBron still out? It.
4: Yeah, if LeBron says it, then it's got to be true, right? It's like reading it <laughs> on the web. If LeBron says he was throwing a team out there, it's got to be true. So I think it's definitely going to happen. Why not? I mean, it's a natural fit. Mm-hmm. Uh, good uh, rivalry with, let's say, Los Angeles. Um, there's no doubt. I was wondering what's going to happen with, you know, uh, baseball, you know, what's going to happen with the Tampa Bay Rays? A lot of talk whether they going to be or the Oakland A's also. A lot of talk, are they going to go to Vegas? A lot of talk about the Montreal, them moving up to Montreal and, you know, take it over for the Expos from a long time ago. Yeah. And, you know, they were trying to do the half-year, half-year, where the Rays would play half the year in Tampa and half the year in Montreal. I, but they had a couple of exhibition games not long ago up there and they threw really, really well. So yeah. I think that's, that's the next thing there. People forget
2: Montreal was a really good baseball city for decades. Going back to the 1940s when Jackie Robinson played there before he got called up to the Brooklyn Dodgers. I mean, the Expos should have won a World Series if not for the strike year. If you go back and remember what was going on there, they had a great team.
4: People forget some of the big names that were on the expo. Gary Carter. I, I still yes. see him. You know, once in a while, they great. Uh, you know, looking great in uh, Montreal. Like, I'm a Met fan. Right. He just look great in that thing. You know, Andre Dawson, I believe. Right. Sure. Tim um, Raines. It. Tim Raines. Rock Randy Raines.
2: Johnson. Steve Rogers. Johnson. You, you forget about Randy Johnson.
4: Periga. Montreal. Pedro expo Martinez.
2: Pedro yeah, Martinez was an expo.
4: Yeah, I mean, there was some big names, and it was just a a fun city. I think the um, the uh, preseason game they had a couple of years ago mm-hmm. drew like thirty or forty thousand a game, so that was pretty exciting.
2: Yeah, yeah. We've got Arnie Spanier from Fox Sports Radio with us here on Sportsbook Radio from the Brian Blessing Studio. Did you know Brian at all, Arnie? Or was that? Uh... Yeah, absolutely.
4: No, I called him up when I was trying to get my you know you know years ago when I'm trying to get my kids that straight on hockey. So, um, yeah, no, there was no doubt. We became friends, and yeah. uh, I was quite the shock when he passed away, and it's was a great honor to have the studio named after him, so that, that's that's fantastic. It,
2: it means a lot for all of us here who, you know, knew him, were close to him like I was, and and just to have his memory, you know, he still does some of the voiceover spots that air on, on our commercials here and stuff. I want to ask you about the proliferation of sports betting since the Supreme Court overturned uh, PAPSA in 2018. When you're talking sports in 2022, how much of the gambling element is dominant in your discussions because so many places where you are being heard now have legalized sports betting?
4: You you have to – oh, when you talk – I mean, back in the day, if you remember back in the day, it was like Chris Bourbon would give out his pick on ESPN, and he'd have, I have the uh, Bills winning 22-20, but the checkmark was on the other team. Mm-hmm. But he would never explain to you why the checkmark was on the other team. You just knew why it was. You weren't even allowed to say, sure yes, 22-20, but I'm putting the checkmark on the other team because I think they're going to cover. I remember when I first started doing my radio show, um, and I was up in Chicago. They're like, you know, I, a little too much gambling if you say the odds. Nowadays, it's just a complete reversal. The odds are all over the place. Um, you, you have to tell them not who you like in the game, but you have to say who you like in the spread. That's a, that's a give me now. You, I mean, obviously, we do sports radio. No matter what you're talking about, what sport, any of them, you always have to say who you like. Now you got to say who you like against the spread. You like an over. You like an under. Um, it's mm-hmm. gambling. Gambling is very relevant. Matter of fact, if you said, you know, what's the most important thing to talk about, you're going to say NFL. You're going to say college football, and then you may mm-hmm. say gambling might be the third thing. Uh, you know, at least giving information on. So it's right up there. It's crazy the way things have changed.
2: And it's all intertwined because of fantasy football. I mean right. you could talk you can talk football three hundred and sixty five days a year, including Christmas by the way. Easily. Since the NFL yeah. is playing on Christmas these days <laughs> and, and everything. Your thoughts about the upcoming NFL season, so much movement, so many key players switching teams, divisions getting weaker, divisions getting stronger. I'm thinking AFC West as one of the stronger ones. Uh as you get ready to watch training camp and the preseason, which is coming up real fast, what are your thoughts about this upcoming NFL season, Arnie?
4: All right, well, I, I will say this. So, I, I, Spoiler alert, spoiler alert for those people that don't want me to spoil the season for them. Uh, 237 more days until my Dolphins win the Super Bowl. There
3: you go. Um, so, yeah,
4: <laughs> there you go, especially after they picked up Tyreek Hill. I love that. You know, I wasn't as to a fan. I'm back and forth, back and forth on him, but that the fact that they got somebody like him, and not only that, they I mean, have running. But you know, <coughs> the running game, the offensive line, love the Dolphins. Absolutely love the Dolphins this year, and they're like 31, right? They're one? Is it right? Yeah, I'm they're. Yeah, they're.
2: They're. They're not a favorite to uh, win the Lombardi, that's for sure. But you keep talking, whoa, and I'll whoa, tell whoa, you.
4: Whoa. What
2: what was uh, Cincinnati last year to go to? The- they were like sixty or something. They were a long shot. Hang on, let me tell you what it is. You look uh, the favorites. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, let's see. You keep talking though about your Dolphins. But, well, hey, by uh, the way, I, what what I, do you I, think I, of the like-
4: the hill thing with Mahomes? I think, uh, you know, if you take a look at that, are you so sure that Mahomes is Mahomes if you put him on, like, the New York Jets? Yeah. If he was on the Jets and he had four wins and five wins the last couple of years, would I be talking to you right now going, man, do you see Mahomes? He's a Hall of Famer. Really. Like, forget about the four wins. No, you'd be saying, okay, let's see what he can do. I think he benefited, obviously, from being on the Kansas City Chiefs. I don't think he's any greater than like an Aaron Rodgers or a Peyton Manning or anything like that. I don't even think he's on their level right now. Yeah. He just benefits from them. So oh, let's see exactly what he's got when he won't have Tyreek Hill. Look, he's a really good quarterback, don't get me wrong, right. but I just think he gets over times because he had such a deep – and by the way, not a bad coach at Andy Reid. Could you imagine if he was, let's say, on Jacksonville and went through what, two or three coaches in four years or something like that. Yeah. You know, it, it was stunt your growth a little bit. So, you know, I, I always say pump the brakes on him, but he certainly, I mean, look, he's got all the tools. There's no doubt about that. But the, right. all, the whole thing with the no-look passes and, and that baloney, that, that's going to end real quick. I promise you that.
2: Yeah. All right. Your Dolphins are 24-1 to 1 to win the Super Bowl. The Bills are 6-1. Wow. 6 to 1.
4: To be, wow. Used to be like 30 to 1, 35 to 1. So no. obviously, maybe some money's coming in. I hear the Jets are the most bet team for like the division. They're over on the win total, Super Bowl. I don't know what the infatuation is on the Jets this year. I know they're going to be a little bit better, so I can see them maybe going over on the win total there. But I'm, I'm not betting them on anything more than that.
2: Yeah, no, the Jets are 100 to 1 to win the Super Bowl. In terms of uh, season win totals, the Jets are 6. And it's minus 120 to the under. The Giants are seven, and it's minus 140 to the under. Seven wins for Brian Dayball with Big Blue. How come for. How's the guy from the Bronx, by the way, grow up a Dolphin fan and not a Giant fan? I don't know where you lived. Where did you grow up in the Bronx, by the way? Whereabouts? I grew up in Riverdale. Right by Manhattan College, where I went to school.
4: Exactly. So. I, I'm a Dolphin fan, but I'm a Mets fan. I named my kid Shea. So I'm a Knicks fan. Uh, I'm an Islander fan, not a Ranger yeah. fan. But, you know, Daniel Jones, let me tell you something. If he wasn't tied in with the Manning, sometimes I think his name is Daniel Jones Manning. You've got to double check that. Um, <laughs> because they remember, because it was all about this kid's got it all. This kid's got it all. Uh, I've, let me tell you something. It, it, he has been such a disappointment. He was so hyped by the Manning family that I thought, you know, oh, this could be good. Is he's just a, he wouldn't even be starting if it wasn't for the Manning family. So yeah. they need to move on. He's got one more year, and they need to move on from him big time. No doubt about that.
2: I'm I'm leading your way as a long, lifelong Giant fan. I'm not so sure that uh, Daniel Jones is the guy who gets this thing done. I'm hoping. I'm I'm obviously hoping that uh, the new GM can, uh, Mr. Shane can kind of get this thing turned around,
3: Joe Shane. No,
4: you need to hope. You need to hope that you get Baker Mayfield or Jimmy Garoppolo.
3: I think Baker for sure needs to go to the to New York or or Carolina. To be honest, well,
2: Baker's already a commercial sensation on TV. So, <laughs> yeah, so. Ar- Arnie, what's what's been the hot topic on your show of late?
4: Naturally. Well, obviously it was, yeah, it was a lot of Golden State Warriors, you know, and Steph Curry and Draymond Green going back after he was losing um, to do his podcast <laughs> and the job that Steve Kerr was doing. You know, isn't it funny? It used to be that you needed the big three to win a championship. Think about this for a second: uh, Golden State loses a Hall of Fame, doesn't lose, leaves, whatever you want to say. In Kevin Durant, yeah, they win the championship. Boston loses a Hall of Famer and Kyrie Irving, and they're better than ever. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're better than they ever could have been with Kyrie. So, you know, Anthony Davis leaves the Pelicans. They don't look like they're hurting, do they? No. They look like they're an up and coming team and actually better than the Lakers. So, I don't know. You tell me, do you, do you still need those big three, or is it a big two and some really good players like uh, Jordan Poole and Getting lucky yeah. with draft picks like that. So I, I that's th- what I'm thinking.
2: I think you need chemistry and good coaching and players yeah. who buy in. That's what happens with teams in all sports. You know, you need well, yeah, you obviously you coaching? need great
4: players. Well, but does with, with Phil Jackson's stuff work nowadays? I I don't know. His whole yeah. end thing here. Let me throw you a book. That I, I don't know if that relates to young players nowadays. You know?
2: <laughs> yeah. No. Because as you know, kids today they're they're trained and brought up differently in the game. You know, they yeah. their AAU team is more important than their high school team. When they go oh, to college it's, it's now about yeah. NIL money and, and not about really who you're even playing for, it's who's gonna give you the best deal. And and you're trying to take the fastest, quickest route to the NBA. And and as you know, very few guys make it to the NBA. I mean, right. that's just the reality of it. So Guys are trying to get paid as soon as possible and as much as possible.
4: It's crazy. We we had obviously Steve Kerr, who we went to high school uh, with us, made it to the NBA, and um, we had another kid who was actually better than him. Uh, I guess you could kind of say he made it to the NBA. He's an assistant coach on Popovich's staff, but he's um, the shot doctor for the NBA. Uh, his name is Chip England. Sure, and, I know uh, Chip is. Yeah, he, Okay, great. He went to high school with us also. Okay. So, I mean, our coach, our coach played for Wooden. So, one of our coaches did. So, we had some, and we were taught how to shoot. We had some really yeah. great shooters. So, yeah, we, Kerr and, and, the, and Chip used to work with Leonard. We had one of those crazy high schools where, I don't know, like uh, the sun shined brightly on it. And crazy things happened to people. And people got <laughs> rich. And, no, no, like, One time there was a... uh, They went to film a movie there. uh, Iconic movie, Fast Times, at Richmond High. Yeah. And they went up to one of our football players and said they wanted him to be in the movie. He didn't want to be in the movie. He said, we'll give you somebody to be in the movie. He was in the movie. Uh, Fast forward,ed he became a community award-winning actor in Forrest Whitaker. Can you imagine? One little movie like that just turns around your whole life. So (laughs) our quarterback... Forrest, Forrest was our offensive lineman. Right. Our quarterback played in the Super Bowl. <laughs> played, for the, uh, played for Washington and the Raiders. Wow. Um, Jay, Jay Schrader. Jay Schrader. Sure, of course. So absolutely, I mean, we had crazy. Yeah, we had crazy, crazy people. You know that went. I could give you a list for days. Mitchell Schwartz, Schwartz offensive linemen, and. Crazy people that went to our high school.
2: Wow, yeah. You know, it's that time of the year also, graduations all over the country wrapping up yeah, and yep. and reunions and stuff like that take place during the summer. And, of course, these last two years have been crazy. How did you, the last question for me, how did you personally handle COVID? Did you get it? And if you did, how quickly did you recover from it?
4: you got to remember now, I'm up here in Burlington, Vermont. I'm no longer in Oh, that in is beautiful or, country. Yeah. Yeah, Beautiful. I'm up here in Burlington. I've been up here for 10 years. So, when COVID first happened, you know, I'm sure I've had it. You know, I felt sick and I had it. But, um, you know, I can isolate myself pretty well up here. Yeah. There's nobody around. And, it, you know, the two years, it, it, it didn't affect me as badly as people in major cities like you guys. Because, mm-hmm. like I said, I've been in Burlington. And it's very laid back here. You can still go out and still not see anybody for days if you're walking on your own property. So it it wasn't as bad. I got. I think the the one time I got it, it was you know I was real sick from it, but it took me two days and I'm okay. Mm-hmm. That's pretty much it. But you know, I'm I'm just I've been good and um, right. now that we're trying to pull out of this thing and. You know, you, you go about it, and you get your shots, and you, you live with it. So that's it.
2: There you go. Artie. listen, we really appreciate you taking time to come on with us. Tell everybody where they can find you on the dial, and uh,
4: just, please stay uh, yeah, healthy. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, just go to Fox Sports Radio Sunday night, 8 p. to 11 p. Pacific. And, uh, you know, I'm going to be calling you up when my kid comes back from Israel playing hockey and. I got to get him a a try at one of those Fed League teams, Southern League teams. You better pull some connections. Okay. We will work on it. Dane will be your point, man, to get your
2: son playing for the Junior Golden Knights or something. There you go. All right, 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 Arnie. Have a great week. Thanks for coming on with us. That's Arnie Spanier, legendary... Radio sports talk host all over the country. He did great. The stinking genius, as he likes to refer to himself. Oh, yeah. All right. Let's take a break. When we come back, another legend here in Vegas. Ron Kantowski, the columnist from the Review Journal. will join us. We'll talk a little baseball and maybe a little F1. Ooh.
1: Get in on the fun with great food, great drink, and gaming promotions at Oasis Bar & Grill, 4955 South Dakota. Experience the thrill of the grill. John
5: Smith Subs is home of the famous Steak Bomb and other premium deli subs with grilled-to-order marinated sirloin steak, grilled chicken, farm fresh veggies, and delicious bread baked daily. Our subs are making a name for themselves with quality and flavor. Add an order of piping hot french fries and you have a meal you can't get anyplace else. Experience the thrill of the grill at John Smith Subs. Visit johnsmithsubs.com to find a location near you. Hey Golden Knights fans, I'm attorney Adam Cutner. I'm proud to be an official partner of the Vegas Golden Knights. We're giving you the chance to play at home along with the Golden Knights to win home game tickets through our Power Play giveaway. Each time the Golden Knights are on a Power Play, we'll pick one of my Twitter followers who tags me on Twitter with the hashtag #AdamCutnerPowerPlay, And when the Golden Knights score, that lucky fan wins tickets to the fortress. So make sure to follow me on Twitter Go Knights, go! Calling all Vegas Golden Knights superfans for the Terribles game day giveaway. During all of Vegas Golden Knights home games, visit any participating Terribles location, make a qualifying purchase, get a scratch card, enter on the Terribles app, and you could win a $1,000 Golden Knights shopping spree. Best yet, one lucky customer will win this prize every day the Vegas Golden Knights have a home game.
1: Terribles game day giveaway. Get in on the fun with great food, great drink, and gaming promotions at Oasis Bar & Grill, 4955 South Decatur. STN Sports is the only sports betting app you need this season. STN
5: Sports has it all. In-play betting, mobile parlay cards, the Play Plus card to fund and withdraw from anywhere in Nevada, and up to a $100 new sign-up bonus. STN Sports even lets you earn rewards for every bet. Safe and easy betting from your phone or tablet. Go to StationCasinoSports.com or sign up at any station casino or wildfire complete details available at all sports books
2: Sportsbook Radio Part 2. Steve Karp here along with DJ Boose
3: yep, yep, spinning yep.
2: the tunes and uh, our next guest knows this song very well, The Pride of Whiting, Indiana. It's uh, great to have him with us. The longtime columnist here in Las Vegas both with The Sun and with The Review Journal. Ron Kantasky is with us. Ronnie. I know you know Arden Taylor. What do you think? Arden Taylor, I was. I uh, knew you'd I like know it.
0: That was Special for me, but I was. Uh, I hadn't heard that song in a while. But man, what a what a what a great! Uh, that'd be my walk-up music, let's say. Uh, there uh, you go. You, props, to, props to your DJ. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Totally enjoyed
2: it for sure. For sure. How was Father's Day at your uh, your place?
0: Well, it was quiet, Meister, as you know. See, that's, uh people. Uh, you don't realize, you know, uh, that uh, you you've been the carpmeister long uh, for a long time, and I always call you Meister. I guess your hockey ne- nickname would be Carpy, but with yes. me, you're always going to be Meister. That's so what I'm Stevie Slapshot this, calls me, Carpy. At this late, it's Carpy. That's that. That would be your hockey nickname in the, in, in the right. in the room. But uh, with me, you're always be Meister. But yeah, thanks for having me on. It was a quiet day. Uh, you know, uh, just. Right. Uh, Wait for another hockey game tonight,
2: I guess, huh? Yeah, I mean, you always tell the story that, you know, when your dad was alive, um, you know, you guys grew up in Indiana around the Indy 500 and other motorsports and basketball and baseball and, and stuff. And, uh, you know, you and your brother um, always had uh, – Someone who loves sports that you can share the experiences with, right? Your dad uh, was a big sports fan, wasn't he?
0: Yeah, he was, and uh, you know, he was like the the man for all seasons. Whatever season it was, we were out in the yard playing, you know, wiffle ball during baseball, or you know, him throwing uh, curveballs to us and uh, learning how to hit. And then he was, you know, football season come around. He was the uh, we called him the you know the, the official quarterback. You know, we'd go out in the yard and it would be me against my brother. And he would be the quarterback for uh for uh for both teams and, you know, yeah, very instrumental and in, uh and uh our sports careers. But even after that he was just uh you know yeah. he was he was he was a good man and and, and we miss him every day. Unfortunately he got he got cheated out of a lot of things. You know, he died, passed away when he's fifty seven. But it was it was worthy you mentioned that because yesterday uh you know he's not around anymore. But I remember the second to last time I saw my dad was at the 1991 final four in indianapolis you and i were there together and and uh this you may not recall but it was monday night during the championship game kansas was playing um north carolina uh, duke uh, duke Duke, kansas and duke and i remember my dad was with my uncle who was a a division two coach and they were sitting under the basket and they decided to get a uh, uh, a quick start on, 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 on getting. My dad had a three-hour drive back to the uh, Chicago area, and I remember it, he, he left during the last TV timeout, and he caught my attention down there on press row, and uh, he gave me the old, uh, you know, clenched fist salute, and that was uh, that was the second to last time I saw him, and uh, right. and it just it just it meant a lot then, but it means a lot more uh, now. So uh, thanks yeah. for bringing it up. I really appreciate of it. Of course,
2: and and the reason I wanted to tie it in is you had a great column yesterday about baseball and the Oakland A's maybe moving here. And, and, you know, baseball is so much about fathers and sons. And and now, these days, it's also mothers and daughters uh, doing something simple together and enjoying the experience of going to watch a game or, or having a catch, you know, that Field of Dreams mm-hmm. kind of moment. You know, I'm not sure what to make of an A's to Vegas move. I don't know if it's good for baseball. I don't know if it's good for the city. I don't know if if people here, like you and I, who are kind of stuck in our allegiances, you with the Cubs, me with the Yankees. I don't know if we're going to all of a sudden become A's fans. I mean, realistically, how does this work?
0: Well, you know, that's the uh, the $64,000 question, isn't it? I mean... uh... You know, uh, uh, I I always thought that whoever was first in uh, in uh, as far as the pro, pro uh, the, the big four, let's say, you mm-hmm. know, uh, baseball, football, basketball, and hockey, uh, that would arrive here would have would have the best chance for, for long term uh, viability and success. And I think that's been proven right with the with the Golden Knights. Uh, they've created uh, quite a following. It, it, it's still there five six years down the road. Uh, you know uh, the question I always have was you know as a longtime observer and I'm sure you you have is like how much uh, you know can we support for over the long haul and you know baseball's a different animal it's uh it's not uh, the NFL where you have six uh, I was gonna say 16 games 17 games now and a couple of preseason games and maybe if you're lucky playoffs and even hockey hockey's 80 games so that's 40 40 home games but the baseball twice as much, you know, you're talking about 81 home games. And, uh, and that's, uh, that, that's, uh, that's, that's, that's a lot on the plate, you know, a lot for, uh, for people to support. So, uh, you know, uh, uh, a lot of people say more the merrier, you know, and there's, you know, the talk of the NBA and, you know, five years ago or, or before the golden Knights arrived in the town, I, I really had trouble imagining, you know, one professional franchise making it here. And now we, we may have four and then throw MLS and soccer on top that's of that. Right. So, uh, Boy, you know, these guys, uh, everybody that comes to town thinks they can reinvent the wheel when it comes to Las Vegas. But, uh, you know, so far we've proven to be a pretty viable uh, pro sports market. So, uh, yeah. you know, uh, I guess wait and see.
2: You know, you you made the best point in your column about whether this would work. The A's aren't spending at all to put a competitive team on the field they're the worst team in all of baseball, which is saying something given what the Reds started out this year, and the Nationals have been horrific, but they've taken it to a, a whole different depth, if you will. What makes yeah, you I, be, what, what makes you believe that a move to Vegas will all of a sudden turn John Fisher into Steve Cohen, the Mets owner?
0: Well that that's the thing. There's no you know, you would think, okay, uh, like as was pointed out, well, well, maybe uh, when they when they move and you're going to have the influx of, 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 of spectators, attendance is going to grow, at least in the first year or two. You always have that, that effect. Uh, and and uh, you would think that, uh, you know, corporate support is certainly going to grow. You're going to have luxury suites and, and what have you and corporate sponsorship that you probably don't have in Oakland. So, so maybe, you know, the thought is, okay, uh, you know, the, the owner, he hasn't, he hasn't proved, uh, you know, uh, w- uh, willing to 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 invest, you know, at least right now, in, in players and free agents and whatnot. But you know, with that influx of cash, you think, you know, maybe he's going to want to want uh, to, you know, uh, capitalize on. Uh, you know, you, you know, you, don't, you can only make a first impression one time, and so you know, you know, he may want to put the best product he can in the field and invest in some players. You don't know that he's going to do that, but you think. If he's ever going to be inclined, that would be that would be the time, and you know, uh, make it an impressive first showing. So, so there's that, and then you look at the A's history. Yes, as I tried to point out they've always been a team that's kind of running cycles, and you know, they're not a small market team, but you can argue that they are operated like one, and mm-hmm. they've really been successful considering, you know, the situation with the stadium and the lack of support and whatever. You know, I was amazed. I had to do the math but it was pointed out to me that you know there's only like four other teams that have been to the playoffs more often uh in the 2000s than the a's and yeah. that, that to me was stunning so that shows that you know uh you know billy bean uh has been able to pull the uh, pull the strings you know uh, like a puppeteer and, and put, a, put yep. a successful team on the field more often than that at least in the recent. In recent history, and like I said, you go back to the '70s and their glory years. The A's have been have been really successful for a team that doesn't get the support that uh, you know you have in Boston and New yeah. York and Chicago and some of these uh, traditional baseball markets.
2: I mean, of course, I remember you know in the '60s the Kansas City A's were basically a farm club for the New York Yankees. I right. mean, they got from Roger Maris and I think Hector Lopez and a, and a few other players, and of course, as you pointed out in your column. This frugality goes way, way back to the days of Connie Mack in Philadelphia, so you know there's a history here of frugality with this franchise. Yeah,
0: and you know what? I mean, the A's have always kind of done it that way, being frugal or, or you know knowing when to get out. You know, it's like okay, we've 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 had a run with these guys; they're getting older, and or they're going to become free agents. So so let's bail now, and and they. Uh, you know, you could argue that they were the ones that created the uh, the baseball fire sale that we see so often now. But a lot of teams are doing it. I mean, you look at recent years. I mean, look at look at the Cubs for crying out loud. You know, they had that, yeah. that nucleus of superstars. They get they've got they got one championship out of it, and now you can argue that. You know, once you get to the playoffs, especially with the playoffs expanding, it's more of a crowd shoot. So maybe. You know the whole idea is to get there. That shows you've had a good season, and then everything after that was a bonus. But nonetheless, the Cubs won one championship. A lot of people were predicting a, a Yankees-type type dynasty almost, and they won once. And and you saw what happened last year. And now, I get up this morning. And I'm reading again. They're going to have another uh, mini fire sale this year. You know, so yeah. uh, you saw it happen with the with the uh, the Nationals and the you know back in the '90s and after with the the Mar, with the Marlins. You know, I think it's. It's almost this is the way yeah. things are done now in uh, in baseball. You know, you you win, you you know, and then you regroup and and you know, like the A's have done, you then you, you tear down and you rebuild again. You know, so I think it's yeah. it's almost become more the norm than uh, than an anomaly. And you know, and so maybe the A's. Uh, you know, they, they, they kind of uh, established the model almost, you would, you would say, because you're seeing it more often now, it seems. Mm-hmm. You know, hey, you remember being a kid, and remember, I I can remember when the Yankees were awful. During, remember during the mid to late 60s? The they Horace were really Clark era. While, you know?
2: The Horace yeah. Clark era, of course.
0: <laughs> exactly. I think yes. Bobby Mercer was like the big star. He came along, but the Yankees—nobody was going to the games, and the Yankees were pretty awful for a while. And you know, if it can happen there, then you, you know it can happen anywhere. You know, just yeah. paraphrasing the old the the line about New York. So, yeah. so yeah, I think in baseball, it seems like these, you know, uh, you know, the, the everything goes in cycles, you know, in, in, in pro sports, and that's why I think you know, getting back to hockey a little bit, you know, uh, and and, even, and and the way local sports fans look at things, you know, I think there were there were some expectations that were unrealistic when it came back to the UNLV basketball team during the eras of Jerry Tarkanian. You know, we're not going back to that. The sport has changed so much, and I think baseball's like that, and even with hockey a little bit, you saw that, you know, the Golden Knights had that coming right out of the box, yeah, that huge success, and people just expected that every year, and that's not yeah. the way it happens in pro sports. Yeah. With with the financial si- situation, free agency, whatnot, uh, things tend to go in cycles more often than, than dynasties being uh, built and, and maintained.
2: Absolutely. Ron Kantowski, the longtime columnist at the Las Vegas Review-Journal, is our guest here on Sportsbook Radio. Ron, let me switch gears literally to something mm-hmm. I know that will probably work. And that is the upcoming F1 race for next year here in Las Vegas. I I watched very briefly yesterday the race in Canada, and it was unbelievable. What can we expect from an F1 race here in Las Vegas next year?
0: Uh, you can expect the uh, the strip to be even louder than usual on a Saturday night, or some, you know when when they finally get around to to a, uh, announcing the starting time. I think it's going to be unusual for Las Vegas. I'm hearing even maybe a real late, early in the morning, midnight type kind of start, which would be totally Las Vegas. and, yeah. and I think uh, you know that does a lot of things. You know, it, it gets people uh, from the casino standpoint. You know, you you get your customers in during the prime time evening hours and after they've gambled a little bit and had a little uh had a few adult beverages go out and watch the race you know and Mm -hmm. and uh you know at a later starting time so you're gonna see that it's gonna be big it's gonna be huge and you're gonna see uh all kinds of people uh uh walking up and down the strip Uh, the thing is you know 15 years ago 10 years ago five years ago you couldn't imagine any of this and i think the success of formula one in the united states it kind of I don't know. You, you're, you're a soccer guy. It kind of reminds me of, of when like European soccer became popular in the United States. I think you're kind of seeing that a little bit with Formula One. Mm-hmm. It's happened a little bit differently. Uh, it's probably less organically and more electronically driven because I think the, uh, the Drive to Survive TV series, the reality series on Netflix, has done for Formula One what, uh, what Keeping Up with the Kardashians has done for has done for, for for that family you know yeah. it's just it shows you the power of the medium and i think it, it this 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 reality show that uh, has been airing on netflix has just created uh, a whole new uh, legion of fans for formula one here in the united states and especially younger fans and i think that's what's so impressive you look at the you know i looked at the race in Austin last year and, and when the camera would span around the uh the grandstands, which were totally packed, it was it was young kids sitting there. You know, it was all, It's like I said, it's TV uh, is uh, is is a new medium for attracting new fans. It seems, and uh, you know, uh, baseball could probably learn something from that. You know, and I sure. think uh, you know they they were first to uh, to explore that opportunity. I think it speaks to what Liberty Media, which is the United States media company, has done for the series here, mm-hmm. uh, and it's created a. Uh, a huge following, and I think you're going to see the results of that when that race uh, comes to the Strip uh, next year.
2: There seems to be an, an affluence, though, attached to F1 that I don't even see it in IndyCar as much, and certainly not in NASCAR, no. which is more like the the common man type thing. And, you know, you grew up around IndyCar racing, and yeah, there there's a an allure to luxury, if you will, surrounding it. But when you realize the guys who run an in IndyCar over the, the many many years, the Unser's, the Andretti's, yeah, they're racing royalty. But they're blue collar guys, right? From New Mexico, right. from Nazareth, Pennsylvania. The, these guys in F1, they're they're like rock stars. From exotic locales that, that are getting behind the wheel of these machines, and of course, you got companies like Ferrari. You know, you and I can't afford a Ferrari, but we can watch <laughs> someone else ride drive one. And and I'm just wondering if the affluence attached to F1 may turn off people who know they could never achieve that kind of uh, wealth and, and affluence.
0: Well, yeah, but again, yeah, you could argue that, and and that's the way it's been for for many many years. You know, like NAS- To me, there's like three major series. Let's say, you know, NASCAR. Mm-hmm. To me, was always kind of the 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 pork rinds and uh, you know, potato chip crowd, and and. IndyCar was kind of like wine and cheese, but Formula One, you're talking caviar and tassel loafers, you know, and, and uh, yeah. it's, a, it's a whole other world, and it's reflected in the budgets of these racing and you're talking about, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars, you know, of budgets where you can run a, an IndyCar season for less than $10 million in NASCAR because of so many events, probably maybe double that, you know, but this is just yeah. unbelievable money, and Maybe that's the allure for a lot of people. It's the one weekend, you know. Hey, if I can manage to get in, and good luck, tr- you know, good luck trying. But you, get, you know, but even walking down the strip, you're going to be able to to rub shoulders with those people for a weekend, you know, with with the kind yeah. of people that follow that. And then maybe that's a, you know, that's a, a attractive, that's alluring for people that no, don't normally don't get to do that. So yeah, it's. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's uh it's a whole other stratosphere when it comes to uh, to money and and luxury and uh, all those things you immediately associate it's like millionaire acres for for auto racing you know and it's yeah. a it's a different beast for sure are
2: you are you convinced it's gonna work
0: yeah you know uh, well it depends you know I think it's gonna you know for the first year or two or three I think the long-term viability now is a lot different than it was in the 1980s with Caesar's Palace, that's for sure. Right. So I think it's just the new, you know, place to be seen. You know, uh, it's 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 the new thing that everybody wants to be part of, and I'm not sure they they know why they they're attracted to it. Just that it seems like the thing to do right now, you know. So yeah. uh, and it you know it is a colorful sport. It's 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 a visceral sport. You know, I auto racing. You know and it's weird because this Formula One event may be turn out to be the made-for-TV sporting success for, for all the ages but really auto racing is a visceral sport that needs to be seen in person you know TV does a great job of covering it but they can't replicate the speed and the smell and the sounds and all those visceral things that you get mm-hmm. from being there in person so uh, right. I think usually if you can get a person out to watch, you know, uh, uh, an auto race, uh, you know, they're they're a fan they're a fan for life because it's nothing. Like I said, it, the the the, the in person experience is is pretty dramatic uh, as compared to what you get on TV. I always thought hockey was kind of like that too, and that's a speed sport. Like it was it was better being there in the rink than it was on TV. You know, the other sports not not so yeah. much like. You know, to me, football is the perfect made-for-TV sport. It's even shaped like a like a big-screen TV. The field, you know, but it is. I think uh, you know. I just think auto racing was one of those sports that if you can you can experience it in person, uh, mm-hmm. it's going to create a bunch of new fans.
2: Last thing before we let you go, uh, I obviously want to get your thoughts on the hire of Bruce Cassidy by the Golden Knights. You know, you're an old-time hockey fan like me. He seems to be like a, a throwback type yeah. coach. I don't know if he's Billy Ray throwback, but did you think they got it right with him, or did you think they should have kept DeBoer, who is going to be the Dallas Stars' new coach? He didn't; well, he wasn't unemployed. Have, long. I, I,
0: yeah, I mean, you, I think they should have kept uh, Gerard Gallant. You know, but that's, that shows you how old school, uh, yeah. uh, what a hockey fan I am. But I thought Pete DeBoer was an excellent coach too, so I liked him. Uh, what, mm-hmm. what few, you know, I didn't deal with him a whole lot. I liked him, but. Uh so but yeah I kind of like I kind of like it. you know Bruce Cassidy seems like uh I I like a guy that that pays his dues before getting the shot he's done he's, he's done it twice hasn't he I mean yeah. he's, he's had two long trips through the minor leagues I uh, I think he's coached probably almost as many games in the minor leagues as he has in the NHL so I kind of like he kind of reminds me like a, in baseball he's the, he's the yep. he's the old catcher that becomes a manager right he's been there yeah. done that paid his dues and so yeah I think uh you know, the Knights are, are kind of—they've always been that. Uh, you know, when it comes to players and coaches, you know, let's get the shiniest toy in the room. And yes. you know, uh, Bruce Cassidy's well well known and well respected, but he's, but you know, uh, you you would argue that when it came to, uh, you know, a lot of people maybe expecting them to make a make a bigger play for a guy like Barry Trotz. You know, he's the guy right. that, that uh, yeah. he's the shiny toy, so to speak. You know, you so bet. no, I kind of like the hire. I think it's it's good. Uh, you know, he's always been the guy right. He, he speaks his mind and. And, and tells it like it is, and maybe, uh, you know, as much as we appreciate that, appreciate that in the media, maybe he's gonna have to tone that down a little bit. But everything mm-hmm. else uh, speaks to a, a guy that's been there, done that, and yep. had a lot of success. So
2: we'll see what happens, Ron. Can't thank you enough for jumping on with us this morning. I will see you shortly for Game Three out in Henderson to watch Tampa Bay try to climb back into series with Colorado. Uh, let everybody know where we can find your work at the RJ please. And
0: yeah, it was, been, uh, you know, writing, uh, uh, doing a little bit of everything. I have the Sunday column, uh, do a lot of human interest stuff, uh, you know, so, uh, usually two, three times, sometimes four times a week. Yep. Uh, just, uh, you never know where I'm going to pop up. <laughs> so I, I, enjoy doing it. And, uh, it's been a good run for, a, for, a, for, a, for a lot of us. And, uh, and now is the time to be a sports fan in Las Vegas, isn't it? It's just amazing. just blows my mind what we've seen in the last few years. So uh, enjoy it while we can, right? And and, yep. uh, and, uh, and continue success to uh, to yep. the the, uh, the people that have the foresight to bring professional sports in the, into town. Because, Absolutely. Uh, what they've done so far has been amazing.
2: You bet. Ron Kantowski of The Review Journal, thanks for joining us. I will see you later today. And thanks to Arnie Spanier for being on in the first part of Sportsbook Radio. We will be back shortly. Vegas Hockey Hotline. Terry Fry from Colorado Hockey Now to talk about Game 3, Avs, and Lightning.